Welcome to Front Office Pros. Today we're going to be talking about dynasty running back rankings with tiers. Uh, we just recently did quarterbacks and wide receivers. Uh, for this running back group, uh, we're going through 32 running backs, but we won't be including rookies. Reason being is because we believe that landing spot and draft capital will matter greatly. Before we get started, we are a new channel. So if you like this content, we ask you to smash that like button so others can find this video as well. Joe, let's get to it. Hut, hut, hike! All right, so we've got 10 tiers. Uh, here are some 10 notable players that did not make the cut. So you got James Conner, Jamal Williams, Leonard Fournette, Jeff Wilson, Corderell Patterson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Damian Harris, and Alexander Madison. So starting off with my first running back, running back 32, uh, in tier 10, that uh, will be Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, the former seventh-round pick, uh, you know, Became the starter in Kansas City, uh, really after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire dealt with some injuries. Um, never really was able to retain his old role, and Pacheco really took over with a combination of him and McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon is now gone, uh, but for me, the reason why I have him in this tier is it's low draft capital. So the Chiefs, you know, might even draft a running back this year. This this running back class is really deep. And the other thing is he was primarily used in the run game, not in the pass game. You know, McKinnon was involved in the pass game. So I'm not convinced that Pacheco is going to continue to have a big role in this offense. And he's 24 years old, uh, so he's a little bit older uh, as far as a, a rookie, well, previous rookie running back. So that's why I have him there. Then I got the two Washington Commanders running backs next. So I've got uh, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Interestingly enough, uh, they're both 24 years old. Gibson, more of the pass catcher. Brian Robinson, uh, more of the early down carry running back. I think that these guys are usually split time uh, pretty well. Be interesting to see what happens with the new offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Um, do we see more involvement of Antonio Gibson? Just knowing what the Chiefs have done. You know, with guys like Jared McKinnon and even Clyde Edwards-Hilaire when he was used more frequently. Um, but neither of these guys really interest me that much, uh, and their volume is is pretty hampered because both of them are there. Then after that, I've got Tyler Algier. You know, I'm not the biggest Tyler Algier fan, and depending on what they do in the draft, I could really see them drafting a running back. He split time with Cordero Patterson, uh, but, you know, he did have some flashes. He did break off some big runs. Uh, he's only 23 years old, uh, so I think he is worth having uh, in this tiered rankings group. And then lastly, I've got A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, the hype train was real last year. I mean, you had people talking about him really taking the next step. Uh, he didn't. He faltered uh, quite considerably. He's 25 years old. I'd like him a lot better if Aaron Jones uh, didn't come back. But now that Aaron Jones is there, they're going to split time again. And so by the time that he could even have the full-time role, uh, he's basically going to be uh, – his rookie contract's going to be over, and he's going to be looking for a new job. So I'm not all that excited about this group, but that's who I've got for Tier 10. Yeah, you know, at first I thought, uh, you know, Pacheco might not belong, but – after hearing your explanation, I think it's a fair point. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think he fits in the group with the low draft capital. You know, it'll it's going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do regarding Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, if he's going to still be around, if they move him. Um, or like you mentioned, too, 
you know, I think they really like Isaiah Pacheco, but Kansas City style is not just to have, you know, one guy handle the workload. So it would make a ton of sense if they also had somebody in the draft. And that's where, you know, you mentioned the two commander running backs now. Vietnamese kind of come on over for that system. You know, it'll be interesting to see how he utilizes the backs because, you know, we've seen with the Chiefs, you know, they just they like to use, you know, even two or three backs and kind of they all have their own specialized roles and they all get opportunities. So I'm curious to see, you know, how that affects Gibson and Robinson. And I agree with you. I'm not the biggest Algier fan either. He showed some flashes, but, you know, uh, with Cordero Patterson there, we'll see what the Falcons want to do. They continue to uh, add to their defense, but really haven't done much to, uh, you know, improve the offense. So we'll see what they do in the draft. So heading over to tier nine, this group I think is one of the most interesting groups because these players are in positions where if running backs aren't drafted uh, for their specific teams uh, in the NFL draft, then I think these guys could move up a couple tiers. Uh, But because we just don't know what's going to happen after the draft, you know, these rankings and tiers are going to change drastically. So the first guy I got is Khalil Herbert. A lot of people really, really, really are high on Herbert. And I think the main reason why is Dave Montgomery is gone. So now the volume opportunity is now his. Obviously, they have Deonta Foreman. But it was a pretty cheap deal. I don't really know how much Foreman will really be used. He really was an afterthought. And then he had a resurgence in Carolina. So I just don't know what to expect from him. Uh, so I'm a little down on Herbert compared to others. I think probably would people would have him higher, but I don't. I expect the Bears to draft a running back. Uh, I just would be really surprised if if Herbert is is the number one guy there. If they don't, then I, I might you know change this list. But for now, that's where I have him. Then I got Cam Akers. You know, Cam Akers is an interesting one. Uh, he's going to be you know he's 23, going to be 24 here in a few months. And he's had a really tumultuous career with the Rams. You know, at one point was doing really well, then completely fell out of favor, and then all of a sudden came back around. So I don't really know what to expect from him. I probably would like him if he was on another team because I just don't know what to expect with the Rams. So for me, that's why I have him here. Then I got James Cook. Uh, You know, he's 23, probably going to be 24 at the beginning of the season. I really like Cook. I think he's got a lot of great potential. He now has the opportunity to be the primary running back in Buffalo now that Devin Singletary left and now is with Houston. Uh, They did sign Damian Harris for a pretty cheap deal. Don't know how much he'll be utilized, but because he's in Buffalo, his opportunities are going to be diminished because of Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, takes a lot of carries and is sort of a touchdown vulture if you think about it that way. So for me, Cook's value is going to really have to come in the passing game and he's a very good receiver uh he's very he can create separation so it's possible that they will try to involve him more but there's a lot of there's a lot of volume to be given in that offense so that's why i have him there for now and lastly i've got rashad white now others are going to be really high on rashad white because you know leonard fournette is no longer there all they have now is chase edmonds and Kashawn vaughn which i don't consider them uh really any contention you heard some conversation Surrounding, I think it was Bowles who might have said, uh, or it might have been the GM, but they said that they believe Rashad White can be a three-down back. Uh, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. I just question if he can really be a three-down back. Uh, I think they'll draft running back. I think this is a smokescreen. 
I wouldn't even be surprised if they Bajan Robinson was there uh, when they picked that they may even take him. So uh, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, but if they don't draft a running back, then you know, then they're putting their money where their mouth is, and they're saying he could be a three-down back. So for at least this season, I think he could be really good. Yeah, you know, I I agree with your tier here. Probably you saying it's you know interesting because you know based on if depending on what these teams do in the draft, you know, uh, it you know with the with the Bucks and Bears especially, you know, if they don't end up adding backs to their team, you know, Rashad White and the Clear Herberts of the world become really interesting for this upcoming season. So going over to tier eight, uh, this is definitely my veteran group, uh, but there's two guys I'm more concerned about than the other two. So the first guy I got on the far right is Joe Mixon. With Joe Mixon, I'm very concerned about him uh, with all the legal uh, issues that have been arising. Uh, you know, he, he's got uh, that arrangement or court case or whatever, uh, I believe in April, uh, surrounding, you know, some type of, uh, you know, endangerment with threatening uh, while holding a gun. Uh, he's going to be 27 years old when the season starts. Anytime a running back gets around that 27 year mark, they start to decline by 28. They might as well have hit the cliff. So for me, you're already starting to see guys like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Leonard Fournette, these older running backs are now getting turned over. So with all the problems with Nixon, and we've already been hearing some varying reports out of Cincinnati that they're, they're not really even committed to him. They seem very noncommittal. I could very much see that they just cut Joe Mixon. And if they cut Joe Mixon, I don't know if anyone's going to sign him. You know, we remember even when he came into the draft, he had that in incident where he basically, you know, knocked a woman out, you know, when he punched her, you know, in, in some area and, and he, you know, ended up falling to the second round. So this guy, you know, I, I don't know if, if people will want to bring him into their locker room. So, um, if he gets cut, I, I'm very concerned that he might his career might be over. Uh, next, I got Alvin Kamara. Uh, similar situation as Nixon, but not as severe. Obviously, he's got that battery charge that he's got to go to for Las Vegas. We'll see what happens there. I think he could get suspended. But he really took a step back last season. I don't know if that's because Sean Payton wasn't there anymore, uh, but he's going to be 28 years old. Like I said, Getting around that 27, 28-year-old, you're starting to get closer to off the cliff. Now, he is a different type of running back because, uh, you know, he's a receiver out of the backfield. So he could always end up being kind of a third down back and still end up being relevant. But I'm very concerned about him, especially with Jamal Williams being there now. And then after that happens, with everything happening to him, if he's no longer on the team with the Saints – is someone going to pick him up? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not positive that they would. So both of those guys, I'm very concerned about. I really didn't know where to put them, but you know they have a, a pretty good pedigree over these past few years. So I feel like I had to keep them here. Then I got Aaron Jones. You know, it goes against my philosophy uh, because Aaron Jones is definitely getting older. He's you know mid you know 28 years old, and uh, you know he's gonna, he's probably got one more year left with the Packers. Now that Aaron Rodgers is there, how much is Jordan Love? Well, Aaron Rodgers isn't there, but I'm assuming he won't be there. So when it comes to Jordan Love, how much is Aaron Jones going to be utilized? And and then after this year, I, I think he might be done. I, I don't know if anyone's going to sign him at that point. And then you've got Dalvin Cook as my last guy in Tier 8. You know, you've already heard rumors. Just even recently, we heard the GM of Minnesota saying that it's not a guarantee that Dalvin Cook is going to be on the roster. He's going to be 28 years old when the season starts. Again, we're at that scary part of the age group. 
I think he probably gets picked up, um, but I'm not even con- you know positive about that. I still think he's got some juice left. Uh, but all these guys, you know, kind of concern me, but they've been really good. Uh, we'll just have to see how much they have left in the tank. Yeah. What is, what is this nonsense you're you're speaking here? These guys won't get picked up if they get released. Cut. Somebody will take a shot on these guys. You don't think if uh, Kamara gets cut, the uh, Sean Payton won't get on the phone with his agent and figure out a way to get him to Denver? It, and and if Mixon gets released, like you said, he's going to start the season at 27. He's not 27 yet. These other guys are even 28. Somebody is going to sign Joel Mixon. You know, this stuff with the – I'm not as concerned with this legal stuff. I don't – you know, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's really impacted him that heavily. But, you know, to your point, Mixon definitely did not look quite the same last year. But, you know, the Bengals didn't really – give him the volume I think he needed either. So, you know, I I think with Mixon, I, I don't know, I'm a little higher on Mixon than you are. And if the Bengals are done with him, like as they've mentioned, um, you know, I think somebody else will pick him up, but he's going to be less desirable because then he'll be more in a uh, – in the other backfield with other crowded rooms and have less opportunities than he would with the Bengals as he's the – you know, leader of the backfield there. Yeah, I see. I'm most concerned about Mixon. That, that's the guy that I'm most concerned this year. I don't agree with you. I, I think that uh, if he gets released, depending on all the stuff that's going on with him, I, I'm not sure that he gets a job. This draft class is deep. It's one of the deepest classes in running backs we've seen in quite some time. I think it's as deep as that probably that 2019 draft where you saw a guy where that was the Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. I mean, that draft club, Mixon, that draft class was loaded. We're talking about there's a really, really deep class, so I'm not so sure. Maybe even a different running back class, maybe it'd be a different story, but it, I think it's a pretty rich class, so that's why I'm not so sure. Well, I, I get that it's a deep class, but not everyone's going to be able you know, get a get a piece of that. And these are rookie running backs we're talking about. You know, I think teams will still want some sort of a, a veteran guy in there or a training camp back to, and then you, you know, bring them in and these veterans are able to kind of show the rookies the ropes and, you know, you just hang them on. We see veteran backs get added throughout the season every year. And, you know, if these, any of these guys in this tier were to get caught, they, they'd be added somewhere and at least be kept on a practice squad if they didn't make a roster. So heading over to my tier seven group, I got two players in this tier. And I'm really high on these guys. I, I think that both of them uh, went to good spots, and I think they really recaptured their value. I think they were pretty low. But the first guy I got is Miles Sanders. You know, for me, you know, he's 26 years old, so he's a little bit older. So I think he's got another maybe two years left. Um, but he has the Carolina backfield, I think, on lock. Uh, you know, has that relationship with Deuce Daly, um, you know, when he was drafted with the, the Eagles. And so for me, I think he might be able to be a threat in the receiving game and the rushing game. He really was primarily a runner. He didn't get a lot of targets this past season, uh, but they're going to have to rely on the running game, especially if they end up starting a rookie quarterback. So I actually really like this spot for Miles Sanders in Carolina. Um, I actually wasn't a fan of his prior, um, but I think uh, you know what he was able to do last year and now going into a really great landing spot, uh, really excited to see what's going to happen for him. And the next guy, guys, David Montgomery. 
you know, when people first heard about him going to Detroit, I think some kind of were disappointed, uh, you know, because, you know, DeAndre Swift was there. But um, we saw the value that Jamal Williams brought to that offense. Now, you know, David Montgomery is not the same running back as Jamal Williams. In fact, I, he's more of an all-purpose back, whereas Jamal Williams was primarily just that, um, you know, grinder, you know, just that power back to, you know, to get those touchdowns in the red zone. So I, I think that David Montgomery has a really good opportunity to, I think, take over that backfield. I'm really concerned about DeAndre Swift, you know, and, and Montgomery, you know, he'll be, he'll be 26 years old this season. So, uh, I think he still has some juice left, and uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do in Detroit. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You say that you like Miles Sanders and couldn't have gone to a better spot in Carolina and, and like him there. But, yet you're, you know, you put him in this Tier 7, and I know you've got some other guys in the next Tier and Tier 6 that you'll discuss. But And I know you'll potentially like Sanders better, so I'm curious as to why you have him in Tier 7. I think he should be, you know, potentially higher. You know, I get that he's 26 years old, but doesn't have the mileage that a typical 26-year-old running back might have because he was in a, you know, Philly always had that shared split backfield situation. So never really got a full workload of carries as he's more of a, uh, you know, home run hitter type type player. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. And honestly, I really strongly considered flip-flopping this tier seven and tier six to what I'm about to do, but I'll explain mm. why I didn't. I, uh, I think I'd like that better. <laughs> well, yeah, you might, I think you agree with me. There's only, there's only, uh, you know, one, one guy in the tier that I'm a little more interested in, uh, you know, potentially having a rebound season here that might not fit that bill, but. So this much discussed tier six, uh, includes on the far right, our first guy in tier six, is running back Damian Pierce. You know, uh, he was, you know, really did a great job last year for the Houston Texans, uh, 23 years old. I think my biggest concern is I, I like Pierce. I really do. But I just don't know. I don't want, I don't know what to expect going into this next season. We knew Levy Smith wanted to run the ball. He made that clear. So when they drafted Damian Pierce, they had really nobody in that offense, you know, besides Rex Burkhead. To me, I was like, okay, this is like Houston was the best landing spot for running back last offseason. And and Pierce took advantage of it. Now we've got a new head coach with D'Amico Ryans. He stole the same GM with Nick Casario, but they've already brought in Devin Singletary, which I know you're gonna tell me Devin Singletary, I'm not scared about him. But you know, I saw what he did in Buffalo. He is able to, you know, carry a decent amount of carries. So to me, I think he is gonna work into, you know, take away from the workload from Damian Pierce. Uh, not enough where I'm not, I don't like I'm avoiding Damian Pierce. Uh, but for me, I think it's, it's a concern. Then, then the next two guys are probably the two guys I'm most out on, <laughs> but I had felt like I had to keep them there because of their age. You know, when it comes to running back ages is, is huge. You know, when it comes to running back, when these guys start to get older, they really fall off the cliff in their rookie years you know, rookie contract years, it's it's really imperative to capitalize on that value. So that's why I felt like I had to have him in tier six because these guys are two years younger uh, than guys like Montgomery and Sanders. So the first guy I got is J.K. Dobbins. Guy can't stay healthy. Uh, it seems like a lot of people like J.K. Dobbins, uh, but for me, when it comes to Dobbins, he's, he's with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson takes so many opportunities away from me. He doesn't really have 
that backfield uh, on lock. He's got to share it <laughs> really with Lamar Jackson. So uh, with his injuries and his offense, I'm just not a big fan. And then DeAndre Swift, probably the guy who I think is probably one of the more polarizing players. Uh, and for me, I, I've been out on Swift now uh, ever since really last season. But now that Montgomery is there, I'm even more out on him. Uh, the guy can't stay healthy. We've heard, you know, comments, you know, from his head coach, Dan Campbell, talking about trying to, you know, kind of seem frustrated trying to figure out a different um, regiment for him, whether it's practice schedule or working out, nutrition, whatever, to get this guy to be able to be on the field. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. I, I think that they have every intention of moving away from Swift. Um, he'll be a free agent next year. I, I think you know, they're phasing him out of that offense. I think he, he's a dynamic player and I get why people like him. I've seen him when he's healthy and he's being used properly. Um, the guy is a dynamic running back. I don't discount that, but you know, he, he's also short. A lot of these running backs five, nine and below scare me because they don't get enough volume. They can't, you know, really consistently get over 200 carries. So I, to me, you know, I understand why people like him based on the potential, but you know, I'm now off that train because I can't at some point there's a diminishing return where I like his potential. I like his potential. But then eventually it's like, well, if you're not going to be on the field, I can't I can't enjoy your potential any longer. Yeah, I th- I mean, I think the most the guy I'm most out on in your list is is DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, I didn't really like him last year myself either. You know, I agree with you. David Montgomery definitely complicates things and I like him even less since he is there. Um, but you know, I actually, I like JK Dobbins though. I think, I think he'll potentially come back and, and rebound. You saw at the end of the year, you know, once he was fully healthy, uh, off the, the major knee surgery that he had, you know, he had some of those runs. Now at first he didn't have the burst or the, you know, stamina to sustain him and get him for touchdowns, but, um, he looked really good to me at the end of the season, so I'm encouraged by him. And, you know, Pierce is a guy I really like, um, and I really liked him last year. But, you know, with with the addition of Singletary and possibly, you know, they could add a running back in the draft as well. Um, just just that he's not the only guy there anymore, and his, definitely his workload is going to get cut, so I'm definitely not as um, in love with Pierce this year. So transitioning over to tier five, I've got two players who I think a lot of people in the dynasty industry and fantasy football in general are really high on these guys. I think they're expecting them to really take that next step, but I still think that there are some, uh, I'll call it concerns uh, or red flags. It's not really red flag, any more yellow flags uh, that I don't know if they'll, if they'll reach their potential. So going over to tier five, the first guy I got is Tony Pollard. People are really, really, really high on Tony Pollard. And I understand he had a dynamic season last year, um, even with sharing, you know, the carries with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott's no longer there. Ah, so now, you know, he's going to be the guy and he's going to take over that backfield. I'm not buying it. Uh, You know, he, you know, broke his leg or tibia, fibula, whatever it was. Uh, so he's got to recover from that. He's 26 years old. So we're talking in my mind, he's got about two years left, you know, one and a half, two years left 
uh, of, of great value. Now, you could argue that he wasn't used as much. He's not, there's not as much tread on those tires, so to speak. So you could argue that he could play later. But I think Dallas is primed to get a running back. If it's me, I think Jerry is, is targeting Bijan, keeping him in the state of Texas. I think Pollard can't handle the workload entirely. I don't think he's a guy that can get over 200-plus carries you know, every game. I know people want that from him. Uh, I just don't see it. And then you got Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know what to do about Ramondre Stevenson. He's 25 years old. You know, Damian Harris is no longer there. He basically left him in the dust last season, and now it's his his backfield. I know they brought in James Robinson, but I'm not concerned about that. But when it comes to Ramondre, I heard some rumors, and this is the thing I'm concerned because it's New England backfield that the New England Patriots have been pretty much extensively looking into the running back class this year. And that's the thing with the Patriots. They they rarely ever dedicate the rock to one guy. They usually have a multitude of guys that they end up using. And that's part of the reason why I traded him last year, although I kind of regret it, was because I wasn't convinced that Belichick is going to change his philosophy and he's just going to be the guy. So we'll have to see what happens in the draft. But if it's true what they're saying that another running back, they're looking at running backs and they're planning on drafting a running back, now we're talking about that being a possible nightmare situation. Yeah, the the Patriots' backfield is always a nightmare situation, and that's why I always tend to avoid it, as you mentioned. I'm hearing, I heard rumors this morning that the Patriots could possibly be taking Bijan Robinson. He they're, they're one of the teams for him to land in the draft here. So it's going to be interesting to monitor that. But, um, you know, at some point the Patriots seem to always take a running back somewhere in the draft and add somebody. So, you know, I think this is a fair spot for Ramondre. You know, it's kind of sucks because I like his talent and wish he played for a different team that might just dedicate more, more workload to him because, um, Although I guess you can make the same question, can he really handle it? I mean, he's a guy who's kind of battled these soft tissue injuries and stuff like that, well, you know, when he has gotten a bulk of the workload. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Like, with the Patriots, I'm not as high on Stevenson myself. And then, um, you know, it's interesting. I think even if Pollard – Pollard, you're right. He's not, he's not built – to be the workload and the 200 carry guy. But he, I think even if the, you know, Cowboys were to draft Bijan Robinson, there's a spot in a role for him. And I'm still excited because he's just such a dynamic player and makes those big plays. And that's pretty valuable for fantasy. So would you have Tony Pollard in tier five, or you think he deserves to be in a higher tier? Um, You know, I, I think, I think where you have him is, is fine. You know, especially since, like you said, he probably does only have a couple of years left and he might not have as long. Um, but I guess, I mean, you could make that case for the guys that are coming in the next one. Hmm. He's interesting. I think it's a fair spot, but I could make an argument that he should be one spot higher with these guys in tier four. So heading over to tier four, this is really my veteran running back group um, that I think still have, you know, some juice left uh but and they've been dynamic over these past few years um, but it's getting to the point where they're no longer will be relevant so first off we got derrick henry derrick henry i believe is an anomaly 
there are not a lot of running backs that are built like him. Just his his mammoth size, his his such his his vicious running style. You do not see running backs of his profile come out. Uh, honestly, I, I I can't even really remember a running back like him um, as far as I've been following it. You know, over the past 10, 15 years, the type of bruising, uh, you know, acceleration style that he has. So usually I would say, hey, you know, he's pretty old. And, and last year, you know, I was wrong. I, I was telling people to try to sell him after the first few weeks because I thought I thought it was going to hit the cliff. You know, it'll be interesting if he gets traded. That could change, you know, a lot because there have been rumors that he might get traded. But Vrabel loves his style, and it has really made the identity of the Tennessee Titans offense surrounding around him. So will that continue, um, or will it not, and do they end up drafting somebody? It's always hard to, when it comes to dynasty, it's always hard to try to understand the value of older players. I know a lot of people may not like what I have here in Tier 4 with, with Henry, but you know he, he's going to bring give you immediate production at least this year and maybe the next. Uh, and when it comes to these younger running backs, I understand that they have a longer shelf life, but if they never get to the point where they perform at a high level, uh, then yeah, it's great. They have this youth on their side, um, but they're not going to produce for you to make it, to make it relevant. So it's always hard. It's a hard thing to to really quantify the value for these guys. Next guy I got is Chubb, Nick Chubb. You know, he's, 27 years old. I actually was surprised, you know, how old he was. And now with Kareem Hunt no longer there, I actually might be kind of convinced that they may bring in a running back in the draft. We'll find out if they do or not. But, you know, Chubb's a guy that I think is pretty underrated. I, I have many times looked over him because I thought that uh, he, you know, wasn't going to, he had him and Kareem Hunt, and I was, you know, very concerned about it. But he's been able to perform year in and year out. Um, he's just a consistent guy. Uh, I do think that that Browns offense is starting to change its identity. It's going to be more, the vocal point's going to be more with Deshaun Watson and passing. So that does concern me. And he's older. Uh, but I felt like he belonged in this tier. And then the last one I got in this tier is Austin Eckler. He's going to be 28 years old at the start of the season. He's got one year left on, with the Chargers. And obviously we've been hearing a lot about it because he wants a new deal, which is no surprise because running backs at this age, like we've been talking about, 27, 28, are starting to fall off the cliff. Now he's a different type of running back, um, undrafted. Uh, so what he's been able to do is quite impressive. Um, but he, he's, he's a prolific receiver. So I do think that he's the type of guy that could stay relevant longer because he could always be a third down back uh, for you know just, just that aspect for later in his career. But so many questions surrounding him. I definitely think he he's not going to be back with the Chargers after this year. And who knows who's going to want him at that point. Yeah, this is an interesting tier because, like you said, it's a lot of you know older running backs, but they're still really accomplished and still performing. You know, I think as far as Derrick Henry goes, I actually wonder if it'd be better if they did, you know, Titans didn't end up trading him somewhere. I get with Vrabel and, you know, loves to run the ball, and but – and all the opportunities that Derrick Henry would get there. But the offensive line is now, you know, they've made a lot of moves along it. It's gotten potentially worse. I just wonder if he'd be better off in a, another spot with a better offensive line. Maybe they don't dedicate so much to the run, but, you know, that might help as far as him having a couple of years left as well. And, you know, you mentioned Nick Chubb. I just feel like he gets overlooked because he is so consistent 
doesn't really do anything flashy. He's just a really solid and consistent running back, you know, to have to have on your team. And I think the fact that he doesn't catch the ball actually helps him because Deshaun Watson um, doesn't really dump the ball down. And I think that's where, you know, for them having a catching back like Kareem Hunt doesn't really make a lot of sense because Watson has never been a really guy to check it down to a running back. You know, he uses his athletic ability to make plays and get throws down the field or just runs himself. Um, so it will be interesting to see how Chubb gets utilized this year in the potential change in offense. As far as Eckler goes, I mean, I, I do agree with you. If uh, with with his playing style, you know, if the uh, if he is with Chargers just this one year, I think he does provide value to some team as a third third down back. You know, kind of play that James White role that we've seen, you know, with the Patriots, and then he's gone on other teams and still played that third down role as well. So transitioning over to tier three, I, I'll get some interesting comments probably for those who watch this video. <laughs> so the first guy I got is Javante Williams. Now I understand he had that gruesome knee injury uh, that is going to affect him and he may not even see the field next year. I know Joe, <laughs> as a Broncos <laughs> fan, you probably preferred if that was the case to make sure that he was entirely healthy, but Javante Williams is only 23 years old. So to me, he's got a, he's, as far as an age factor, I really like that. And from what we've seen from Javante, he's a really talented running back. You know, it'll be really interesting to see what Sean Payton does, you know, with that offense. I know that they, you know, they brought in some match P Ryan, but P Ryan's just a, a one-year guy. He's a one-year rental um, that is a serviceable running back. But I, I'm excited to see what he can, can do. You know, like you had, you know, Sean Payton, you know, during his time in New Orleans, Obviously, he did really great things, you know, with Alvin Kamara, but, you know, also had, you know, the likes of Pierre Thomas, you know, Mark Ingram, uh, you know, maybe more kind of those more power type style running backs. So I think Javante is going to be used, you know, quite extensively. I think he's even though Peyton, um, you know, wasn't there when they drafted him, I, I think he's definitely in Denver's plan. So I think just based on the pure talent and, and the age. Uh, now I, you could make the argument for other guys I put lower that they should, you know, be there instead of Javante. Uh, but to me, um, I, I just subjectively, I believe that, you know, he's better in those categories as far as uh, potential and his age and, and his opportunity too. I don't think that there, I mean, again, P Ryan's a, a bandaid, you know, situation, uh, they don't really have any you know, Melvin Gordon was there before. And that was the problem, you know, Melvin Gordon being a little bit younger, but now with Melvin Gordon, no longer there, he doesn't have a, you know, Batman Robin situation. Uh, I think once he gets healthy, could be a great opportunity for him. Then I got Josh Jacobs. He's 25 years old. Uh, you know, I've been a big Jacobs fan and it just so happens the year where I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. You know, he, he played, you know, McDaniels played him in the hall of fame game. They drafted Zemir white and then what do you know? <laughs> you know, he ends up being the the league's leading rusher this past season. I just it's just unbelievable. But with him, uh, I, I actually really like his talent, but my concern with him is I wonder if we've seen the best of him. And I don't like what's going on with him in, in Vegas. Uh, I'm you know, I know he got the franchise tag, but uh, I would have liked to seen him be able to possibly become a free agent, be able to go where he would have liked to have went. Uh, I just don't really know. Um, I, I could really see the Raiders kind of um, using him this year, him not having as a good year. 
uh, and then and then getting rid of him and just discarding him. Uh, so I, I have some concerns about that for him. And then my last guy in this tier is Saquon Barkley. Um, Barkley is a dynamic player as long as he stays healthy. Uh, a lot of people obviously were way way down on him because of all those injuries, and I, and I rightfully so. You know, now Brian Dable comes in, and you know it just goes to show when you've got an offensive mastermind as a coach, it can really change things. <laughs> before uh, when he was dealing with Ben McAdoo, uh, and, and I'm trying to think of the other guy's name, I can't think of it at the time. But uh, you know, I really think him and Brian Dable it's a good combination. We'll see. Right now, he's potentially threatening to hold out uh, because he wants a new contract. I think you end up playing, but he is 26 years old. So he's a little bit older. Uh, so that's why I have him in that tier three. Just don't think he belongs in that tier two uh, because, you know, he is still injury prone. So, you know, he could still get injured next season and beyond. Yeah. You know, this is a pretty interesting tier of guys as well. You know, uh, guys that are interesting, you know, like you mentioned, I do have my fingers crossed that the Broncos don't use Javante Williams this year. Unless he's fully healthy. I just don't want him to rush him back, make the same mistake that Baltimore did last year with J.K. Dobbins trying to bring him back too soon. Then he ended up having to go, you know, back on the IR and then, you know, came back at the end of the season. So, but there's no doubt that he's got a ton of talent. And, you know, if he is fully healthy, I'd love to see what Sean Payton's going to do with him on the field. You know, Josh Jacobs, he's interesting. You know, I was also disappointed he got the franchise tag. Would have liked to see him gone to a different team. But I think, you know, at least for this year with Vegas, I think may, while he might, probably won't repeat what he did last year just because he was so great, I still think he'll have a have a pretty good year in Vegas. Not much as, you know, the offense has got some different pieces, a different quarterback, but I think their run game could still be relatively the same, especially with him there. You know, as long as as long as he stays healthy, I'm still expecting good things from him. And yeah, Barkley, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think he's going to hold out for the whole season. I know he's threatening that, but you know, we've seen Le'Veon Bell do that. He's really been the one guy, especially at the running back position, to do that, and it just it didn't really benefit him. So I don't. At the end of the day, I think you know Barkley will come and play, and then hopefully the Giants don't franchise him again next year. So transitioning over to my tier two, this is definitely two of these guys I think I'm definitely more high on than the consensus. Uh, the first guy is is Najee Harris. I'm a big Najee Harris fan. I, I think you know he gets way too much. Um, people people are way too down on him in my opinion. Uh, he was injured last year. Offensive line was in absolute shambles. Uh, and I know he's an older running back as far as when he came into the league as a rookie. He's 25 years old. So that's actually, you know, he's the same. You think about it, he's the same age as Josh Jacobs. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I think there are very few teams that really say, hey, you're the bell cow in our in our offense or you're the guy that we're going to give the primary, primary workload to. And I feel like that is Najee Harris for the Steelers. I know – there was a whole hubbub about, oh, Jalen Warren might get involved and all this other stuff. But Jalen Warren is a role player who possibly gets involved. Let's see what things look like with Najee Harris now going into year three, a better offensive line. They signed some offensive linemen to improve that offensive line. Kenny Pickett's going to be going into year two in that offense, going to have way more comfortability. We already saw near the end of the year, we started to see kind of flashes of the old Najee Harris as far as his rookie year. So 
Um, I'm I'm excited. I, I think I think Najee could have a really good season this year uh, and really bounce back. Then I got Travis Etienne. You know, Etienne's 24 years old. Uh, you know, I wish that the Jaguars would have utilized him more than they did after James Robinson left. He, they did for like a few weeks, and then all of a sudden he kind of fell off. So I do have some concerns there. Uh, and then with Dearness Johnson now, they signed him, which I think he's going to be more of a role player. Uh, but, you know, Etienne, he has that ability uh, to to kind of, you know, go to the house. And, you know, that familiarity with Trevor Lawrence, I think, is really important. You know, they played in college together. They've got that familiarity. They've got uh, that comfort to know uh, where each other needs to be at the right time. Uh, so I think for now, I have Etienne in that tier two. We'll see what happens in the draft. Obviously, Doug Peterson wasn't there. When they drafted, Travis Etienne and Peterson has been known to have kind of a bevy of running backs, so that does kind of concern me. But for now, I have him in Tier 2. I like his potential and obviously his age. And then the last guy I got in Tier 2, and this is a tough one for me, um, but it's Christian McCaffrey. You know, Christian McCaffrey is going to be 27 years old. So, again, rule of thumb would tell you that, you know, he's getting to the point where he's going to fall off. But you know, I really think Christian McCaffrey is an anomaly. I think he is a generational running back for what he's been able to do. And he's in one of the most friendly, uh, you know, places that he could be in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. I had my concerns. I thought he could, you know, be involved with a rotation of backs, but they, they featured him uh, quite extensively. And I actually think that McCaffrey, even though, you know, he is you know going to be 27, you know, I could see him playing, you know, at least maybe a few more years. I, I could be wrong about saying that because, like I said, it would definitely not be the norm. Uh, but, you know, his talent when it comes to receiving, which is going to be what helps him stay longer, uh, as, as well as running the ball, uh, I, I really think that uh, he could his longevity um, is, is longer than, than most older running backs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's the he's really the only – guy I have an argument against here for tier two I think he belongs in that tier one there's there's very few running backs and especially even in dynasty that I'd rather have in fantasy right now than Chris McCaffrey even though he is older um you know he went over to the San Francisco 49ers offense and man he he just really took off for his fantasy potential and his points uh he just he does he's so opportunistic and it just has an opportunity just to get so many points on the prolific offense in the 49ers, I think I'd probably have him in tier one. Um, but, you know, you mentioned Najee Harris. I was out on him last year, but I'm I'm back in on Najee as long as he's healthy and that foot thing is no longer lingering or holding him back. You know, you mentioned the improved offensive line. Kenny Pickett in year two. I really like his potential. I think this is a good spot. And as far as your disappointment with ETN and his, you know, his workload dropping. I think that's because Jacksonville realized that he just can't handle that big of a workload. He's also a smaller running back, you know, kind of similar to uh, Tony Pollard in that way, a ton of explosiveness, but I don't think he's big enough to handle a 200, you know, carry workload either. And that's, that's why they got to have somebody else to compliment him so that he stays that dynamic guy and gets you those big plays in the offense. So it sounds like you're saying you would put ETN down a tier. Um, I, I mean, I think him and Najee are okay in tier two, but um, I just, I just think, I think, uh, you know, ETN, he's an uber talented guy, 
I just think that the Jacksonville Jaguars just realized, man, we just, uh, you know, as far as why his workload went down was just, man, we just can't put all this, uh, put the massive workload on him, you know, or else he's going to wear himself down and we need to keep him and maintain that explosiveness. So transitioning to our last tier, our final tier, the best tier, tier number one, the first guy I got is running back Kenneth Walker. You know, I got to take the L on this one. I was really concerned. He's 5'9". He's right on that border for me where I'm concerned uh, as far as his height. Uh, you know, he didn't really show that receiving prowess in college in Michigan State. You know, I know you would tell me all the time, doesn't that doesn't matter. You know, he, he, he'll be able to receive the NFL. I had my doubts, uh, but he, he proved me wrong. You know, where Rashad Penny came, you know, got injured out for the year. He stepped in and, uh, you know, he, he really, you know, became that guy that everybody hoped that he would be. So for me, the biggest thing is he's, he's 22 years old. He'll be close to 23 at the start of the season. You know, when it comes, I think of any position group running back, is is most important when it comes to age and, and how and and being able to keep a young profile. That's why you see it in the real NFL. Why do you think uh, you know they say rookie running backs are so important because after their rookie contract, you know you don't see you know they, sometimes they don't even get a second contract or if they do, it's very underwhelming. So in a similar case, you want to have you know running backs in a dynasty perspective that are young. I do have some concern with Kenneth Walker down the road, though. Like, I, I have him in Tier 1. I can't see how I can't have him in Tier 1. But I don't know. Let's see one or two years from now. I don't know if he's going to have that backfield on lock. I really don't. I, I have – I, I, who knows? I, that 5-9 thing is starting to bother – it still bothers me. So I, I don't know if he'll continue to, uh, to be that guy in Seattle long term. Can I just ask, what is this five nine thing you keep bringing up, and and is it is it legit? Like, what? Why is that so concerning for you? If you look at running backs who are five nine or shorter, like I said, five nine is a cutoff, especially five eight and lower. Very, I give me examples. There are not a lot of examples of running backs who have been successful. How tall was Maurice Jones Drew? Okay. Everybody uses him as an example, but he's like <laughs> seven or five six, and he had a different type of build. We're not. I mean, that's it. That's like the one example that somebody could use. It's not a consistent example. Okay, well, to me, why I'm not worried about Kenneth Walker and his five nine is because he's got a bigger frame as well. Um, that yeah, I don't know. I just you kept bringing up the five nine threshold, and I just was trying to get why it's such a scare and what the legitimacy is. Well, it's, 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 it's the height and the weight to your point. It's not just, not just the height. Like this is not a rookie running back conversation, but you know, you got a guy like Devin Shane who I have a lot. I, I have strong concerns over the running back guy at Texas A&M because he's five, eight and he's like 180 pounds. Like to me, those are two knocks against you because you're not over 200 pounds and you're, you know, in that five, nine and below area. But that's just my own personal evaluation and how I view running backs. Some people might think I'm nuts and, and they're entitled to that opinion, <laughs> but that, that's what, how I view it. And that's how I strategize when it comes to, you know, drafting players and how I value players. So in my next spot, I got Jonathan Taylor, 24 years old. I mean, Taylor, other than last year, I mean, he, you know, he's been a stud. We'll be interested to see what happens with that offense now that Shane Steichen is now you know, the head coach and, and how he decides what that offensive identity is for that team. Uh, but I think he should have a bounce back year. He's, you know, he's 24 years old. I mean, it's crazy how young he is, uh, you know, 
Uh, he's in the league longer and, and he's younger than guys like ETN or, or sorry, right around the age of ETN. So, uh, but you know, really like Jonathan Taylor. And then my, le- my best guy on tier one. And then the number one running back is Brees Hall. I'm actually not the biggest, it, it, this is not like a pound the table. Like you gotta have Brees Hall for, for me. I, to me, I was a little bit, I soured on Brees Hall heading in the draft, but I mean, he's 20, he's 22. He's going to be 22 years old. You know, so and and I don't. I thought that there would be some concern that him and Michael Carter were going to be used a lot, but for whatever reason, they they just did not allow Michael Carter uh, to get enough snaps. They felt the need to go get James Robinson, then never used him, and then you know you saw Zonovan Knight get involved. So I don't, I'm not really concerned about Michael Carter anymore. And one of my bigger reasons why I didn't really like him is because they had Zach Wilson at quarterback. Uh, I, th- I thought to me they were just going to stack the box. So now you've got possibly Aaron Rodgers going there. Brees Hall is coming off an ACL, but there's all reports are saying he's recovering well. He'll be 22 years old. Uh, it's hard not to put Brees Hall as the number one running back in dynasty rankings right now. Yeah, I agree. The Brees Hall definitely has to has to be the number one guy at this point. You know, he's only going to be 22 starting this season. And just the opportunity and how good the Jets offense potentially will be, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. It's crazy to talk about the, the Jets offense actually being good and dynamic. It's it's wild, but that's what it would potentially be with Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback. So I agree with you with Brees Hall, number one over a wall. But, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker, he was a guy I, I told you last year I was really high on in the draft. And you got to be careful, you know, breaking that down, Steve. I told you just because he didn't catch the ball at Michigan State didn't mean he could catch the ball because before he transferred there, he caught the ball. So got to kind of be careful and wean out those things. And he was great at Michigan State and and uh, really showed out, you know, in his rookie year in Seattle as well. So that concludes our top 32 Dynasty running back rankings with tears. If you enjoyed this content, we ask you to please like this video so others can find it. Comment below on your reaction to our Dynasty Running Backs rankings with tears. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we recently have joined Apple and Spotify Podcasts. You can listen to us there as well. But thank you so much for watching, and until next time.